tell your neighbors, tell all your friends. It's the answers you need to know. It's the Wyatt Sharp Show. You're tuned into the Wyatt Sharp Show. Join 12-year-old host, Wyatt Sharp, each week as he interviews a Canadian politician to discuss the economy, climate change and politics. Here's your host, Wyatt Sharp. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Wyatt Sharp Show. Today I'm joined by Vincenzo Guzzo, the CEO of Cinema Guzzo and a dragon on CBC's hit show Dragon's Den. Uh, so Vince, I'm going to start out with a simple question an introductory kind of question for people that don't know you. So uh, how did you become so successful and how did you earn your seat on the Dragon's Den panel? So, I mean, uh, my success has probably, uh, the, you know, been, been determined a long time ago when I was, you know, when my parents decided I was going to remain an only child. And, and so I had to fight my way uh, in the schoolyard and everywhere else. And so, you know, when you're, when you're always pushing, to stand out eventually i guess it just becomes second nature uh as for dragons then well you know uh as, as arlene likes to say i got a big mouth uh i i always complain i always scream and, and and i always like to tell her that when i'm wrong you never hear me it's only when i'm right that you hear me um and that's because she's wrong and you know back and forth so uh, i i guess it's just you know having uh taken stance, uh, um, you know, against my competitors in 1998 and then, you know, against some uh, um, frivolous government policies, et cetera, et cetera. And so I just came up on the radar of somebody at CBC and Sony and they all said, you know what, if he can do that in front of a camera, maybe uh, maybe we should have him on the show. And how many movie theaters do you own right now? So we actually own right now nine physical locations, but a tenth one is under construction literally, I would say, a month and a half, two months away from uh, uh, opening. Uh, so that's gonna be our 10th location and that's 145 screens, uh, nine IMAXs. Uh, so, you know, we're the largest IMAX owner in the province of Quebec. Okay, and so uh, my next question that I have for you today is small businesses and companies have been affected by the pandemic. So even seen um, on season 15 of Dragon's Den, many companies had to pivot and change the way that um, they operated. But is there one pitch in particular uh, and one company in particular from season 15 that really pivoted well and that impressed you with how well they were able to adapt to COVID-19? You know, I, I would tell you that the, the pitches on, uh, on season 15 were really uh, sort of uh, uh, trying to figure out what, people were going to need during COVID. Uh, so then I don't think many of them really pivoted. I think they just had an idea that made sense under COVID. I think the real pivoting that we're going to see is during season 16's filming, which starts in a, in a few weeks. Uh, so I'll be in the Toronto area, you know, filming uh, uh, season 16. And that's where we're going to see established uh, uh, companies who have literally pivoted their business from, for example, in our case, you know, we have uh, uh, movie theaters, but we pivoted part of our business into the popcorn business, into the retail business, into the food business with the pizzas and so forth. Um, you know, so I, none of them uh, uh, for season 15, none of them really come across as uh, uh, 
an extraordinary pivot for COVID. I think, like I said, remember we filmed in August. So we were still, you know, under wave one and coming out of wave one. So nobody thought COVID was going to last this long. It's now that I think everybody said, okay, we've got to redefine ourselves. Uh, and, and so I'm expecting to see a lot of pivots for uh, season 16. You mentioned season 16 starting. Um, so we learned uh, that Jim Trevelling, uh, someone who's been on the show since the beginning, won't be uh, on the show for season 16. Um, and he's being replaced by Wes Hall. So um, can you talk a little bit about what it was like to uh, have Jim on the panel and what it was like to um, have him be on the panel with you? So when, when Jim announced his retirement, he had called me up and told me, and then I, uh, I, I didn't post anything specific to Jim because I was, it was a very a touching moment for me. I, I, you know, I really didn't want him to, uh, to retire from the show, but I did post uh, on uh, CBC's uh, uh, post about him retiring. And, and my comment was, you know, you were a mentor to me on the show. You made me a better father and a, and a better son. Uh, in fact, Jim's um, a little older than my father. And um, after having spent three years with Jim, my relationship with my own father is a lot less uh, uh, Latin, uh, uh, filled with Latin passion and a little more tolerant on my end. Um, and, and I appreciate, you know, my father a lot more because of Jim. Um, Jim and I were, you know, were, were both old souls in the sense that even though I was, uh, you know, almost 30 years younger than him, we still believed enormously in the brick and mortar business. We still think that humans aren't made to stay home in their pajamas and look at Netflix all the time. They really want to go out and socialize. So we had that common bond amongst us. Uh, and he was the one, you know, after Manjeet, he was the one that I had dinner the most with because he's the one that I learned the most from. So it's, he's going to be, you know, I'm really going to miss him and I'm going to miss our lunches and our, in our dinners together. But I, I understand why he's, he's moving on. Okay, and so we're going to turn to um, the federal budget that was released recently. Um, it was the first budget in two years. So um, the government says that it had necessary support for small businesses and that it will be able to support them throughout this pandemic. But do you believe, uh, in your opinion, that this budget is truly enough to support small businesses who have been impacted? So, I, you know, I think we've got to realize that you know, the definition that the federal government is putting on small business has got to be a little broader. Um, I, I think there's big businesses that got impacted just as well and won't be able to go through this. Uh, and so I think the help should be spread to small and medium-sized businesses. I think that uh, the federal government has done a fairly good job uh, um, with the rent subsidy, the wage subsidy, I think the problem is that it's double dipping. And, and what I mean by that is it's helping entrepreneurs and small businesses, but it's also paying employees to stay home. So it's created a double problem where even if I can get help to increase my workforce or not lay off my workforce, my workforce doesn't want to come into work right now uh, in the restaurant business or in some of the movie theaters because you know, they're making more money staying at home. Um, I think that more help will have to come. And I think part of that help will be about forgiving some of the loans that the government has uh, accepted to give through BDC. I think some of those loans will have to be forgiven just because, you know, I'm used to having debt. 
but I normally can associate debt to an asset, right? So I built a new theater. So I spent $15 million. I got $15 million of debt. I got $15 million of asset. It makes sense to me. But when you're now piling on debt uh, and you're not, you have nothing to show for it, that's a problem. And especially that the biggest problem is that the banks are getting somewhat antsy at this point because they're seeing it as, you know, debt. So you've got to pay it back. So I think the government will have to consider uh, uh, waiving some of that debt or making those debts forgivable uh, for all of the people who pass through and can manage to get through this pandemic. Okay, and so in terms of your business of movie theaters, let's say tomorrow the Quebec Premier Press Fall Ago came out and said that movie theaters are open. Would you reopen your theaters? Because I know at one point when movie theaters reopened in the summer, I believe they said you couldn't buy snuff, buy stuff from the uh, snack stand. So if they came out with uh, the same rules as in the summer, would you still reopen your theaters? So in the summer, in uh, July, August, September, we were allowed to open uh, 100% except for a 50% capacity and uh, no arcades, right? So we could sell popcorn. Uh, the problem at that point was that I, I believe the American movie theaters were shut down and therefore there were no big blockbuster American movies coming out. So while we were open, we didn't have what we would call the movies to draw people in. Uh, in February, when he reopened theaters this year, that's when he imposed his no popcorn rule. Now, this is something few people know, but all of the insiders of the business know this. The rule was we, we were reopening exactly with the same rules and regulations as in July, August, September. So we could sell food stuff, no arcades, and we had to wear a face mask uh, while we were in movement. Uh, the problem is that the, you know, the Restaurant Owners Association complained, saying it's not fair, movie theaters are opening, they're allowed to sell food indoors, why aren't we? And so the premier backed off and said no food uh, concession or no drinks or no consumption of any kind uh, while you're in the theater. That forced me not to reopen my theater. So it's actually now, I would tell you, 10 weeks that some movie theaters are open in Quebec and they're losing an enormous amount of money by trying to operate under those conditions. And we have not opened uh, because we feel the restrictions are too, too strong on us and it's almost like telling us you can't operate. It's an indirect way of telling us we don't want you to operate. Okay, and so um, my next question that I have for you is um, just kind of talking about Dragon's Den and some of the different companies that have come on. So what is the most successful company that you've invested in on the show and how have they had to uh, change because of COVID? So the company, it's very funny because the company that uh, I think is probably going to be one of the biggest success stories of uh, Dragon's Den is a company called Good Pantry, who uh, who came on the show, I believe it was in season 13, so my first season. They came on, on the show under the name Real, uh, Real Layers. They were a cake icing company. Um, and we didn't do the deal in, in uh, season 13, but during COVID, they called me up and we rekindled and we actually closed the deal. I think that company there will be the biggest success story from Dragon's Den. I think that company will go from $50,000 of annual sales to about $12 million in the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, so I think that's the biggest jump they'll get. There's been many successful, but I think that's the one that will have had the biggest impact from a Dragon's Den uh, a deal. 
Okay, my next question that I have for you today and the final question that I have for you is, do you have certain criteria that you follow when to know if you're going to make an offer or not? Or is it kind of just you just know in your head that this is going to be successful and this one isn't? So it's all about it's all about the person, right? It's important to know the numbers. You know, we've invested in companies that were losing money that never made money. I mean, a lot of people don't realize Netflix has never made a profit yet. So it's not it's not about necessarily only the numbers. The numbers are important. The understanding of the numbers by the person giving the pitch is important to us. But what I'm looking for is a guy like you. I'm looking for a guy who's got, you know, the guts to reach out to people, to make those deals happen, to make sure, you know, he, he gets things done. Whether some of those things are done the most efficient way or not, it's not really that important to me at the beginning because that's where I come in, where I try and refocus and mentor the person and make sure that, you know, the best energy and the best effort is put where it needs to be. But it's all about the human. It's not about the idea. It's not about the numbers. It's first and foremost about uh, the, the human. Uh, we've I've walked away from deals that the numbers were extraordinary. In fact, they were so extraordinary that they were hard to believe. But having to deal with that person just wasn't worth my grief. It's just like, it's just not worth the money. So it's all about the human. Okay, well, that was my final question. So thanks again very much for having this talk with me. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Bye now. Bye-bye.